please stand by for another episode of Wired Shut. Wuhan mix. Coronavirus all day. Wuhan. Uh, welcome to Wired Shut. I'm your host, Jesse, and he's your host, Logan. He's your host, Jesse. I'm your host, Logan. It's true. And together, we're high five. Oh, no. Um, you're, you're reaching us today on a lovely Sunday morning. That's why we sound oh, like God, morning radio DJs. Is my weekend already gone? <laughs> yes, it is. Back to the okay. uh, capitalistic grind that is um, our quite fulfilling jobs, actually, so we shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, we we actually don't have we have good jobs. Nothing really to whinge about. No. Welcome back to Wind Shut. Wind Shut. Winds is shut. <laughs> so we had to get jobs. Yeah. Um, um, have you watched anything worth talking about? I don't really think that's any of your business. Um, I was I spent the last two days just prepping to make sure that I could get the um, opening theme song ready to go before we started recording, so I didn't have any time to watch anything. Um, no, what have I been watching? The Twelve Monkeys TV show. Ah, oh, yeah, you said that. It's you said like, it was a bit sci-fi-ish, but oh, it's a it's a lot the, it's a lot sci-fi-ish, but it it um, and that's that's the sci-fi network, as in if if anyone um, listening doesn't understand that this ambiguation, the sci-fi network like. They try really hard, but they all really of their do. shit's a bit hokey and low budget. Um, it's almost as if a TV network couldn't afford the um, letter I's, so replaced all the I's with Y's, and, and you know, you can tell. That's, why why is it just go a bit cheaper? Yeah. <laughs> it's why, if why. Do we, do we, can we get the domain sci-fi.com? No, we can get soy soy fi with Y. Soy fi <laughs> with Y. We can go soy fi for forty percent less. So we're going to go with that option. Um, no, it's it, it grows on you. It's it very very much opens. The pilot is very much a sci-fi pilot um, with a sassy, um, sassy, very attractive blonde female lead um, combined with a uh, never seen him before kind of. Uh, enigmatic, weird, schlubby uh, male lead who is the time traveler. Um, so I don't know. Just the premise was the premise is the premise, but the the yeah the construction of the pilot especially was just okay. I'm very much watching a sci-fi show. I'm not going to expect much. Um, it also has that uh, what's that dude's name? He just happens to be in everything. He's got that raspy voice. He's bald. He's um, scary looking. Um, let me just send you Kirk Avocado Acevedo. What? Kirk Acevedo. The uh... Kirk Nevero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, it's got the yeah. It's almost like it's pulling out all of the stock standard sci-fi TV actors to put in. I don't know why I copied your name like it's a username. <laughs> <laughs> I should have just copied the URL. This is what happens when we record in the morning, folks. All right, so I'm just going straight to the IMDb for for the show, and I'm not going to touch any of your links. <laughs> um, a... um, it's got Todd Stashwick. Todd Stashwick, yeah. TV's Todd Stashwick. Uh, just, 
Um, no, it's a good. It's a good. Um, it's growing me. I'm like we're like six episodes deep ah, in the first season. That guy, Kurt Acevedo. Yeah, he sees that. I'm Italian. I like me. And it's pretty like this, but he's not Italian. He just always used to play Italians. Yeah, the guy who played Charlie in Fringe. No, he was like, oh yeah, yeah. Which in this, he basically plays the same thing. Um, right. When time traveler dude goes back to his time, that's his best friend, kind of second in command kind of guy. Gotcha. Um, even though main character isn't uh, in charge of anything, he's just been brain fucked, so he can go back in time to save the world, but. Um, yeah. Does does time travel screw your brain up? Uh, yes. Um, they have described it so far as that time doesn't really apply to him anymore in the same ways as it does everyone else. He can um, he can ignore paradox. Like he can be he can exist outside of a paradox. He can ignore a paradox happening. He can um, when he he does this thing to get out of a sticky situation. A sticky situation. Um, where he puts two of the uh, two copies of the same uh, watch next to each other, and then forces them to touch, which time doesn't like because it's the same object existing in the same time from Too two close. different times. Um, so that creates a weird mini sci-fi blue explosion <laughs> that um, kills everyone except the the bad guy. Uh, it severely wounds him, but. Um, when he's doing that, everyone's moving in slow motion, except uh, this main guy, Cole. Yeah. Um, and he's able to move slightly faster than everyone else, so he manages to grab the girl, run out of the room, and by the time they've reacted and pulled their guns on him, it, it explodes and he's free. So, But it does fuck with him. So, so it's, um, it's the Flash. Yeah, it's the Flash. <laughs> um, but they have only done that once. They've only used that thing once, but he is jumping back and forth regularly and so that's the premise that's the premise of the show is that she's existing obviously on one linear timeline um yeah, and he's he's, he's dropping it at that. different periods of her life um fucking with things or trying to get more information or um like he'll jump to 2012 realize that um she doesn't know anything about the virus that killed six billion people in the future yet so and then he yeah. he drops a name he drops a, a reference to something she goes wait what I don't know what you're talking about then he like blah 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 I'm not sure what to believe he disappears in front of her eyes he's like okay maybe I need to believe this um, he jumps back to his time by the time he jumps back it's three years later she knows she trusts that he is who he says he is but she's like destroyed her life because everyone thought she was crazy because she thought she saw a time traveler um, and was trying to affect events. Um, and because he she he dropped things in the last time he saw her into the timeline, now there are other yep. things in motion. Um, so it's very much a whatever happened happened sort of approach. Where if he he mentions something to somebody, and that's actually it's almost a running gag, like six episodes long so far. That um, he'll say something, the person's like, "What? What is that? I don't know what you're talking about." And then he sees them later, and he's like, "Yeah." which to him later could be 20 years before that for them. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, it's like it's all different now. So he's not affecting the timeline, but he is. He's he's, okay. he's falling into place where um, he there's, there, it plays with predestination quite a bit. So 
it's hard to gauge what he's mm. actually changing and what he's just falling into the loop of. Yeah. Um, but they are finding more information as they go, which does affect the future in the sense that the people in the future are like, oh, now we have this bit of information about this person because we know his real name now. Right. And we know because what the 12 monkeys are. I don't really remember the plot of the movie, but it was something to do with like trying to stop a, a bioterrorist group, right? Yeah, called the 12 monkeys who were... Um, yeah basically launching a um yeah a, a virus that would wipe out most of humanity right. um, <clears throat> yeah i haven't seen the movie in a long time either but it's, it's growing on me if you if you can it's one of those ones that you can definitely put in the background and still follow it because everything is exposition yeah um and is it is it the the thing i struggle with the most about those types of shows is that they dick around so much yeah there's a lot of dicking around yeah, you know, every every ad break fade, even though you're watching it as a stream or whatever. Yeah. Is it reiterates everything that happened before the back break, and there's a previously on that lasts super long, and then at the end of the episode, it like starts sort of a ticking clock, and like how much time does it actually spend actually moving? Um. It's not as bad as what those shows used to be, where it will jump back, re-explain something, and keep going, which like Fringe was really bad for. Um, where it'd use like a third of the episode would only be actual new content. Yeah, because you needed to constantly keep people. Um, you had to re-explain things basically to make sure they understood it the first time. Um, no, it doesn't do that as much, or at least not that I've noticed. But um, it is very much on the rails. You need. To um, like we need to explain things to the people around us in the show so that the um, the audience can actually track who's doing what and how we know things. But um, yeah, it's it, it's not overly intellectual. Yeah, um, but it could be if it just had a little bit more style to it. It's like it's just I don't know. They just need a better direction. Maybe yeah, and just they could. Does it, they could. Does it feel like it has the budget to do that? Uh, it feels like it's got. It's very much at the behest of we need to tell the story. So let's just get the story done and block it out. And we probably don't have the time to to play around and make let people interpret what they think is happening. Uh, um, which uh, as hokey and um, uh repetitive as it was walking dead got quite good at doing that from time to time where one season would just be purely um no one talking or it would be um a, a 10 minute long sequence where something burns to the ground and everyone's freaking out and then you just see this massive montage of people killing zombies but you don't really um it doesn't really add anything to the plot but um it, it does that emotional pull where it like makes you focus on people's souls being crushed a little bit more yeah was that just a um was that like the the network starting to not care so we're having fun with it or what it seemed like it was yeah like um that seemed like it was like um, was it was it on the verge of getting shit canned so they would just like have fun with it i yeah i don't know like AMC are notorious for um, cost cutting and, and just being meddling assholes when it comes to the overall production of the shows that they produce, but not necessarily what's in them or how right. that, how they're stylized or done. So, but they'll 
um, they'll underpay people and they'll force people to work ridiculous hours and they'll do just genuine bad workplace kind of stuff. But um, from what I've heard, but they won't necessarily cut in and say, no, you need to do something. This, or we need to kill this person. You need to do this. You need to, we need to think about sweeps. Doesn't mm. seem to come across with what they're doing. If anything, it was just the showrunners who were fucking up when it came to like, oh my God, are we really doing six episodes of somebody being trapped in a barn? Or um, are we really killing that person off because um, it would fuck off the most people? Yeah. But for yeah, for what it's worth, there were times where you're like, oh damn, that was cinematically quite cool to watch, that sequence or that event or um, that character, that actor interacting with this situation or this, yeah, they'd the play with it a little bit which was quite enjoyable, but it doesn't mean the overall show would keep keep you around. You still get sick of it. Um, but I'll keep you posted with 12 Monkeys. Like, there's two, three, four seasons. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I remember it. I remember probably a site like IGN talking about it when it was new, but I don't remember. Sort of those those types of coverages tend to peter out once it's not brand new and interesting. Mm. Um, I don't know. Just something for for what it's worth. Like the the uh, the movie because it was t- directed by Terry Gilliam. It's got it's got that weirdness to it, and that yeah. that color and that um, cinematography that that works really well with something that's meant to be mind bending and existential yeah. and and time travelly. This doesn't do it. It's more, it's more focusing on the concept. Uh, which the concept is the concept for, for better or worse <laughs> for worse yeah like it, it's it's obviously telling a longer story over a longer period of time which is still fun to watch it's like reading a uh, uh, it's like reading a series of books um, like airport kind of books really it's probably the best way to put it you'd still read them they're still an enjoyable story but you're like eh, it, it could have been told in an hour and a half and that's probably why the movie was made Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's just missing that that weirdness to it that it could could have really been a um, if it wasn't on sci-fi and it was picked up by the right kind of people creatively, it could have been a um, like a Legion type show where you yeah. where you're not sure what to trust, you're not sure what time like you're actually you really are, deeply and you're really deeply yeah. following the main character's um, disassociation from um, linear from a linear timeline, which. The longer you watch him, the more you do see some little interesting snippets of the way he's behaving. Like his eyes are constantly darting back and forth because he's constantly never quite sure where he is, even though he like he's got a one track mind when he what he's what he's trying to achieve at any given time. But um, he's quietly falling off the rails in some ways that you don't really notice until somebody points out, or like he's just trying to process a bit of information but his face isn't quite where well, his, you can tell that his brain isn't quite where the rest of him is okay. and it doesn't force it so, down your throat and make that a plot point it's just him acting yeah yeah so um because is is that endemic to who he is or is it did, a, um the act of time traveling destabilize him i think it's destabilizing him because you don't notice it in the first few episodes but it's getting he's he's not getting more unhinged but he's definitely getting um 
No, it's more than just the, oh, I woke up in a new time. I've got a bleeding nose, which it does do. But um, yeah. yeah, it does seem to focus on him. When he goes back to his time, he seems quite adept and quite um, cunning and uh, not antagonistic, but quite forceful and, and um, ready. But when he's jumping yeah. and when he's back, uh, yeah, he... And it could be just a matter of he's dealing with the stress of the situation, so it's hard to follow. And like he's obviously just dealing with what he's dealing with, but um, the people around him and his time and the other timelines are like, yeah, we've got a, like a rap sheet on you from ten years ago. Apparently, you've got six bullet wounds, and he's like, no, I don't. Which he doesn't because um, time healed it essentially when he went back. Um, okay. But he's also been diagnosed with PTSD across the various timelines because of his anger and his random reactions to things and and naturally just man at a time sort of yeah. behavior and there are times where he's he's stuck there for uh what seems like a long period of time not necessarily years but um yeah the more he seems to be jumping back and forth the worse his brain does seem to get all right um whereas she as as somebody who's just try, as a virologist who's just trying to help him stop the plague from happening um it's yeah, it's it's weird. It's developing her character across time as well. It's not really it for it is following her in a linear sense, but because you're following him jumping to different time periods, it's jumping to her during those time periods as well. So you're getting little snippets and little gaps of her um, development when you've already met her a year later, but you jump back to a year ago when she was working with this person that now is actually a person of interest in the current timeline. Mm. Um, and you realize she was going off a little bit, a little bit off the rails there. So you get to see her dissension into like her not being trusted by her own community for what she's doing. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I think, uh, uh, yeah, it, it could very much easily just go off the rails and just become another like 48 minutes episode of the week kind of thing happens. And then, um, standard and eventually they'll fall in love and bang and all that kind of thing which is what they do with leads in shows like this um but it has the potential to for something that aired five years ago <laughs> um i think it could be quite good <laughs> so it's 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 better than the sum of its parts but you don't necessarily expect it to stay that way um all signs point to no yeah i don't based on how uh, TV has hurt us before in that regard. Mm. But we'll see. Uh, I don't think I, there's only one person, in the, apart from that um, dude from Fringe who I recognized immediately, there's only one other person who I recognized and he was killed in the first episode. So, <laughs> um, yeah. It, that's what it can be compared to Nikita or Terranova because those are also sci-fi shows. So it does have very much that. that. I liked Terranova. Yeah, but it's got that, it's got that look and feel to it, you know. Yeah, it's like they they clearly had enough um, money to do some decent big sets, mm. which they will then use every scene for the rest of the run of the show. Yeah. yeah. Um. What did I, I, I recently, what have I been watching? Um, the new, um, Apple, no, the Rob, 
Oi, excuse me, early morning. Um, yeah, Rob McKellen is show new show, um, Mythic Quest colon Raven Banquet. Raven's Banquet. I mean, great title, but yeah. I mean, I hope uh, my assumption is the que- the the title is meant to be just as douchey as all games are, where it's like, well, no, we can't just have the name of the thing; it has to have a colon. Mm. Everything is word word colon word word. Of course, it and is. either of those could have been the title of the game, but for some reason, no. We chose both. Um, yeah. So it's set like just before, during, and after. Raven's Banquet releases, which is the new big expansion to um, the super successful MMO Mythic Quest. Mm, mm. Um, they sort of have on staff the different people that rep- represent the different parts of game design development and whatnot, more the, the heads of everything. than the, um, but So there's the... I mean, you could call her the main character, but she's almost as much the main character as anyone else is really, but she's the head of coding. Right. Um, and basically that just means Rob McKellen, he comes to her desk and tells her what he wants her to do and she does it while he stands there. Is that the Rachel character? The Rachel? I'm just looking at the cast and character names. Um, um, she's the... the lead she's chief. like... Dark hair, looks vaguely, I don't know, Asian or something, but she's actually Australian. Charlotte Nick Dahl. Charlotte Nick Dahl. Ah, right, the lead engineer. Her name's Poppy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's just not the order that I was looking at the cast listing. No, the the cast listing is very... All over the place. ...unspecific on Mm. IMDb. Um... It's cool to see that Rob McKellany can actually play somebody who is not Mac <laughs> in most ways. Yeah. Completely different from Mac and he pulls it off and you don't ever think that's just Mac. Yeah. 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 Except for the episodes where he, um, he gets really emasculated and afraid feeling anytime there's men around that are larger than him. <laughs> yeah. That's a different. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And if it took it to a place where he was also kind of turned on by them, then it would definitely be Mac. Yeah. But, yeah. It doesn't go that far. He's just cultivating um, mass. Yeah. Um, um, he he takes himself super seriously, but he's a douche. But his ideas are good, and his game is the most successful um, MMO in the world. Right. So um, Poppy is like his long, tortured second-in-command. The old guy is um, like a old sci-fi writer from the 70s who they keep on staff as their lead writer. Oh, it's F. Murray Abraham. Not, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's not very common in the gaming world to have a real writer like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that dude's 80. The Jesus. guy that's okay. yeah. Cricket from... Oh, Rickety Cricket, David Hornsby? Yeah. 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 Um, he's, he's technically like the office boss, but nobody listens to him. He's a massive pussy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He constantly talking about his wife, and then people correct him. Ex-wife, um, Abed from Community is like the head of monetization, so he's just like a scary person that's obsessed with um, loot boxes and that kind of shit. Yeah. Anyway, he can just like the, the biggest 
crisis he has in the show is that he puts a sword up on the site that costs 250 grand oh, and somebody buys it yeah, within yeah. like 10 minutes. Holy crap. <laughs> and he's like, I'm literally meaningless and like anyone could do my job. You could just make crap and put arbitrary price tags and Saudi princes would buy it. <laughs> um, and then cool. he finds out that it was actually like some guy in a trailer park who um basically spent it the last of his own money on it and is probably going to be homeless now and it like reinstills him with a sense of purpose oh wow because <laughs> he he his favorite thing to do is not money for the sake of money but how to use money to own other people right right his greatest dream in life is to have his own like scrooge mcduck um style money pit that he can dive into nice which but mostly he just built it because he liked forcing the tradesmen to build it, despite the fact that they were confused by why they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at the poster for the show as I rattle off the different characters. There's the... Who plays her? Um, well, yeah, I was just looking at the person, one of the testers in the show, the that Rachel person that I mentioned before, because I just clicked on her first. So, oh, she was the voice of Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn and Tiny Tina in Borderlands, and she's a, just an actual voice actress. Attack on Titan, the... Fortnite, Outer Worlds. Which one? She voices Ash in Final Space as well. Huh. What's, what's the actress's name? Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch. Oh, okay. Hmm. I mean, she's on, shit, she's on a bunch of stuff. Mm. Main character of Horizon Zero Dawn. Fallout 4, Tomb Raider. Shit. Yeah, so she has like a will-they-won't-they relationship with the other tester girl Mm. who gets bumped up to be... Because initially they have a um, streamer who streams their game and sort of gets them gives them reviews and gives them popularity and he's an influencer so they kind of slightly have to bow to as well right called pooty shoe hmm. it's like a 14 year old that um eventually decides he's stops playing the game and then they try and create a streamer themselves in-house which goes really well until yeah the point where they find out that she works for the company and that leads to her entire career face-planting because everyone calls her a corporate shill. Right. And then you find out that the pooty shoe kid is, in fact, Rob McElhinney's son who he just <laughs> pays no attention to because <laughs> huh. he's a self-absorbed prick. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And the only reason the kid was playing his game and publicizing it was trying to talk to his own father and understand why his father like doesn't pay attention to (laughs) oh shit there's also an entire episode mid-season that features none of the main cast but features that um, main dude from um oh what's that He's in the co- he's in the show, the movie Let's Be Cops. Um, the, the Nick Miller dude from New Girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that's Nick. Yeah, Jake Nick Johnson. from New Girl. Yeah. Mm. So there's an episode where it's just him 
and I can't remember her name, but I've seen the actress's face before. It's old Peter Parker. Uh, yeah. uh, and Kristen Milotti. 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 The pair of them just meet in a game shop in like the eighties, mm. headed off. He's a he's a games producer. She's I don't it doesn't really say what she is, but um eventually they start a studio together and make games and it's like the rise of their relationship and then it collapses when they um he wants to be like a corporate shill and she wants to hold true to the like roots of what the game was about. Right. So throughout the series of games it gets watered down until it's basically just to the point where it's making Resident Evil movie style spin-offs. <laughs> nice. And then um, all of a sudden one day it just sort of cuts to the next stage in the relationship and he gets in the car with the head actress from the um, movie yeah, and makes out shot. with her instead and then they decide to go somewhere. Hmm. And it's like, oh, oh, they actually like in the many time jumps throughout their relationship, this is just time jumped right beyond the end of their relationship and it's pretty rough. Um, and it's it's so much different tone, so much different everything to the rest of the show. It stands out and it just feels like you've watched a short movie. All right. And it's it, it holds no bearing on the rest of the show until you get to the last episode, I Not think it say, was. Yeah. And um, you realize that they're operating out of the same office. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, is that, was that like a deep dive kind of um what, not a one-off, but a deep dive episode to um, give you like a hard and fast um, level of character development for people you haven't quite introduced yet. Without yeah. realizing it, yeah, um, yeah. Like whether they, I don't know whether they'll come back. I don't see why they would. They mm. weren't pertinent to the main characters, and their plot line didn't have the same humor to it. Right. Yeah. 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 Like it, it wasn't even funny. It was. It just was. It just was. It was like you watched. Uh, it was like the middle episode of the series was just a forty-five minute movie of a relationship running its course. That's interesting. Yeah, it was. It was really weird, but it was really good. Um, and I hate to say it, but it was probably much better than the rest <laughs> of the show. Which I have to think is always a purposeful act on um rob mcclenny's um style he i just... think he just picked a chance he wrote himself a chance to make a movie he wanted to make yeah um but, I, I, I mean you, I you follow it was you follow it's always sunny and you're like oh he's just gonna see if he can make an episode where um you know it's it's a musical and everyone also just happens to be black for some reason because <laughs> yeah he did or um um, try to film an episode where it's clearly just all one take or yeah. um, just to see if you can. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so we're going to see that with a higher budget, which is quite cool to see. Yeah. Um, and this, it's weird because it's like all the main characters in the show are kind of piece of shit people with very clear issues, which is very similar to Always Sunny. Mm. But... Um, it doesn't lean quite as far into the like these people will never get anywhere and they can only be around each other because they're all pieces of shit but it is kind of subtly leaning that way as the show goes on um like 
Poppy, for example, gets the chance to go work somewhere else and then through a mix of indecision and being just as neurotic as the people she's trying to leave, she squanders it. Right. And then they don't want her anymore and then she... But the 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 emotional hits of it are a lot more real than Always Sunny. It's a lot less cartoon return to status quo on purpose. Does it lean more into the um, like Silicon Valley territory where... You have pieces of kind shit, of. But it feels a little bit more real. It, it it does feel a little more real. Like people do genuinely get hurt by what happens around them, mm. and some characters are more cartoonish than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you have some characters that are just straight up like, I don't know whether you saw on the cast list. There's a a character played by a woman called Caitlin McGee. Okay. So she's the community manager for the game. And she plays like a really um, Minnesota type Christian American woman. Oh, she's just a good hard working person here out in Silicon Valley. Yeah. yeah okay. And her name is like Fiona Gorgon or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they um, they have a basement, which everyone that they send to the basement's key cards will let them get out of the building and go down to basement level four but they can't go up to the main levels where everyone else is what the fuck (laughs) just because they these are the people that they just find frustrating or don't like being around yeah 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 but they Um, need them to be so initially she's been down there alone for some time yeah 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 and I'm I'm assuming she can get out of the building. It sort of implies it in a way like, no, she's just stuck on that level for good. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's boring and weird, but also um, she has to deal with everything that the community says about the game. Right. And they constantly like try and invade her personal life and you know, post her details online and oh, fuck just, with her and just, she has to go into hiding every so often. <laughs> but but it, it basically implies that she's so boring and hateable a person to be around that it's kind of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not supposed to feel sorry for what anything happens to her because any chance she gets, she, like, pulls out a Bible or she tells you boring stories about her cats yeah. or just generally makes you sufficiently uncomfortable that you try and run away but then um yeah a a guy gets hired that's really tall compared to um rob mckellany's character and then like rob gets really excited when he finds out the guy has a bad back then he finds out that the guy had a bad back because he took shrapnel in iraq (laughs) 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 and then he like sort of starts getting all flustered and tries to um exercise in front of him to assert dominance and shit like that and it just doesn't work out and then um he just ends up embarrassing himself and then finally just decides to promote the guy and he promotes him and gives him a new office and the new office is down on sub level four (laughs) and he just sends him down there and you see that guy hanging out with um I guess her name's like Carol or something, because why wouldn't you name that character it's Carol? Sue. I'm looking at it now. Sue. It's Sue. Yeah. Ah, okay, Sue. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and basically you just never see her again. Hmm. Never see him again unless there's scenes with the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, well, speaking of, you touched on Resident Evil earlier. 
uh, we've got there's a new TV. Did you know about the new TV series that's supposed to be dropping this year? I did not. Yeah. So, I, is, uh, who's making it? Netflix. Uh, oh. But who's behind it? That's another question. Um, yeah, because yeah, I watched Resident Evil, the final chapter, the other day Ooh. for the first time. How was it? Woof. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they they actually gave Alice a backstory. Oh yeah, in the it last, only took in them like, like the twelve movies. movie in the series. Yeah, fucking hell. Alice is a clone of, and they actually gave Umbrella an overarching reason for why they're doing what they're doing. Is it to save the world, or is it to do something else? Um, no, they, it was like they believed that the world was going to kill itself. So. Um, they end it themselves on purpose mm. with the assumption of being um, kickstarted on their killing own off all the people and then restarting it themselves in their own image with, with clones only and... the people they deem necessary. Right. With clones. So the entire like the the original umbrella hive from the first movie yeah. has much deeper and more all over the place areas that you never saw in the original movies that feature cryogenic stasis chambers and the entire like umbrella staff and board are all still frozen down there and have been through the all the movies all oh, right um so and also every like umbrella board member you've seen that's awake and alive is just a clone right okay and they know um, they're clones that's just an accepted no, thing. No, no, they they don't tell the clones that they're clones. So it's, it's okay. Um, and it's shitty. But um, how did the how, how does the so they cre- engineered a zombie virus to wipe out humanity and then. So the original zombie virus is still made by what was his <coughs> name like Alfred Mar- Doctor Alfred Marcus to cure his daughter's yeah. progeria aging illness that's right yeah and his daughter gets scanned and becomes the red queen mm. but his daughter also grows up and becomes um a red queen that you can old fuck age, feel bad about it. old age makeup okay. Mila jovovich in a wheelchair Wait, what? so yeah, it turns looking out like a tilda swinton character <laughs> so is alice um, actually just a clone of his daughter aged yes. up with um alice is no so that's the thing they seem to forget that when you see um, Alfred Marcus, who there's no way they could get him back because um, <clears throat> the dude that played Dr. Marcus in the original one is, what's his name? It's the dude from Chernobyl, oh. isn't it? It's um... Yes, who is way too big an actor to get back into the Resident Evil series. Yeah, Jesus. Um, he... So you remember in Resident Evil 2 how his daughter was eight years old? Yes. Yes. Well, somehow she's also progeried all the way up to, I don't know, I want to say like a 40-year-old and 80-year-old's body. Right. Okay. So it's not... In that space of time, while cryogenically frozen... And also did because didn't the daughter get taken? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. So 
And Does that- even though her father died, when her father died, she became a member of the Umbrella Board. Mm. Yeah, and was frozen when the apocalypse happened, but was frozen like as an adult. She's still aging. I don't know. There's there's severe plot holes. Um, does this disease work in the same way? Is this a Benjamin Button disease or is this a Jack starring Robin Williams disease? It is a we never find out, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure she didn't literally didn't have the years to grow up. Because it also shows her as the same like progeria and adult when they all decide that killing the world is the best thing to do. Right. Uh, timeline's messy then. Okay, so they decided that ending okay. All right. I think they just assumed that you forgot. Honestly, think that's the logic there. Well, yeah, the people who started watching these series back in the day gave up on them, and the people who, for some reason, are watching them now never saw the first one. I have to assume that's the way it works. Like, do people? I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> it just hurts. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't yeah. hurt any more or any less than the actual Resident Evil game series, which is also just bananas stupid. But I can't tell if that was only that only became bananas level of stupid because the movies went that way. Uh, no, the games were always stupid, yeah. but the games didn't like Umbrella goes bankrupt once the world learns what they were doing in secret. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, the Resident Evil movies were like, no, 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 we need Umbrella for this to work. We're going to make them so fucking pervasive that when the apocalypse happens for no reason for like six movies, they're still going to be a functional corporation <laughs> Which, uh... with a board and employees <laughs> that still do their jobs despite the fact that the apocalypse happened. And the third movie, you'd find, okay. <laughs> But yeah, and then in this movie, they've like introduced Christianity to um, Umbrella's motives. Ah, okay. So it does strip away the this corporation that so actually they, existed for thousands of years. So they turn into years. like zealots. Right, okay. As a means to an end, or they were always like from the shadows operating at this weird cultish? Um, they they are, it, it implies, this retroactively implies that they were always a bit of a cult as a company. Mm. Um, but the guy that's basically running the company is the guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, the guy that they kind of oh, the introduced dragon. Wesker yeah. as the boss of... The end of the third one. I, I, I think yeah. what happened is they introduced Wesker <laughs> and then the next movie they were actually able to get the guy who they wanted to play Wesker, but... That's right. I do remember that. It was a different guy. So, So all of a sudden... By like movie five or six, the series has two different white guys with slicked back, black back blonde hair. And I really think it's a case of, oh, we tried to get this guy to play Wesker and he wouldn't, or he, there was a scheduling conflict. And now he is available, so we're going to just cast him as some new bigger bad guy than Wesker as some doctor who was previously unnamed. Right. Huh. Um, and so he's arbitrarily now the head of Umbrella. Yeah. Even though it, it's run by a board, which he's a member of. But I don't know, maybe he's the chairman or something, but still. Um, yeah, and he's also really religious and he's like talking about Umbrella needs to create a second Noah's Flood to 
purify the earth in its own image. Right. And I, I don't understand. It seems like Alicia Marcus, who is what Alice is cloned off of, like is against it but yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. speak up or something. Oh yeah, and Wesker's death. Do you remember how Wesker was like ultra powerful and couldn't be killed because the T virus inside him would just sort of take over? Yeah. Um. Also, he died multiple times already. Wesker. Which, to be fair, that is pretty on on brand with Wesker. Um. He dies by being fired from Umbrella. He what? When he, he get um. Alicia Marcus is like says um to doctor whatever his name is like i can't stop you but wesker you're just an employee of the umbrella corporation Mm, mm. and he goes yes what of it and then she goes ah but wesker you're fired and then as soon as he's fired um the red queen who is not able to harm employees of umbrella goes he's no longer an employee and closes the door on him which cuts his foot off oh wow and he just lies on the ground bleeding to death until an explosion goes off and kills everyone in the room. Causing him to lose. Yeah, I'm just literally, I just, as you were describing <laughs> that, I came across at the line where it says eventually dies of blood loss, causing him to lose grip on the detonator. <laughs> yeah. Destroys her, killing everyone with, in, including Alicia Marcus, the Umbrella High Command, and thousands of others held in stasis. Right. Shiva. Um, in 2012, what? Complex ranked um, Wesker as the second douchiest video game character. <laughs> cool. <laughs> he is a massive douche. Yeah. Um, There's also like God damn it! I clicked on the of... I clicked on the hyperlink which um, had it as second douchiest, and I was like, okay, that's going to lead me to a to a um, source so I can read who the first douchiest was. Because no, it just left me to the Wikipedia page of douches. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Um, um, Leon is also in that list Sonic is in that list Dan from Street Fighter is in that list um, Lots of characters I do not recognise um, Gary from Pokemon is in that list Johnny Cage Wesker And Duke Nukem is the biggest douche Duke Nukem is a massive douche Yeah I did wonder that. What was that? Um, yes. So the the little girl that plays child. I'm guessing. I'm I'm really guessing here. But the the little girl that plays child. Um. Alicia Marcus. Mm. Her name is Eva Anderson. So I'm betting that she is Paul W.S. Anderson's and Mila Jovovich's daughter. Uh, yeah. Which explains why the face morphing from child <clears throat> to adult that they do in to like show you what they also told you. Yes, trivia is daughter of Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. Anderson. Right. Yeah. Helpful. Okay. Um, and, you know, like the whole, the Red Queen has changed completely what she looks like throughout the course of all the movies just to suit whoever child they hired at that given time. Yeah, yeah. So does Milojovic just go from um, sci-fi directors that put cast her in movies, marries them, and then makes franchises or makes movies with them? Because she was married to Luke Besson after Fifth Element as well. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was like, okay. 
I'm trying to work out if uh, she worked with Paul W.S. Anderson before they uh, got married. Separated. In 2002. Yeah, she had already separated from Luc Besson, but... Um, whether or not she... Yeah, I think it's just a matter of she married both directors. Well, nothing wrong with that, but yeah. So, huh. Huh. I was just reading through yeah. her latest... Um, you, you get the sense some actors like aren't good at... aren't good at doing movies and keeping them as only movies. If you know what I mean? No. What do you mean? Like, well, some people struggle to have a love interest in a movie or whatever and not just marry them. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Feelings, man. She's on her third husband. She's also pushing 50, isn't she? She's... Oh, no, she's 44. Okay. She was born in the former Soviet Union. Um, oh. Well, she did a... Ri- um, daughter she, of Bogdan. She went actor, then director, then director. And yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. The more you know. Um... What else have you been watching? What have we been doing? Um, have you finished the morning show yet? No, I have not. I've. Uh, oh, I don't think I've watched any more since we last we talked about it in the last episode. Oh, okay. Uh, the California Fires episode, and then I've watched the one after that, but I haven't watched anything. Oh, maybe I'm I'm up to. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll tell you about something I watched. Sure. Burden of dreams. Oh no. The return of Werner Herzog. Okay. <laughs> Let me prepare <laughs> myself. Herzog. <laughs> Herzog. <laughs> oh. um, so I, I really went into this expecting it to be like just a, a comedy of errors with Herzogisms throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's... It's, it's actually quite bleak. And um, what you get from Herzog is not so much some sort of Herzog-y lines that make you giggle at him. Mm-hmm. It's more like he talks with just everything he's talking about is self-deprecating about the guilt he's feeling of mm-hmm. what he's put his crew through. Oh, that's quite cool. Uh, what is it? It's Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Is that it? Uh no. Um, Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Now that's a documentary Herzog made about um, old cave, cave paintings and stuff. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So th- this is uh, based on the making of the 1982 movie Fitzcarraldo. Right. 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 Which right. is about a. He's actually a Scottish millionaire or something called fitzgerald he changed his name to fitzcarraldo because the locals couldn't pronounce fitzgerald oh it's about the guy yeah transported the steamship um across land right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so he wanted to move a ship from one place to another place and he couldn't um there was no over water way to do it so they cut the ship apart and lugged it over a, a pretty steep incline and across to the water on the other side and put it back together mm-hmm. but um the whole idea of it is it's sort of a stupid task that 
no sane man would try to do. But um, the ridiculous thing is, oh, and then once it got to the other side and got put back together, the locals who were pretty unhappy with him at this point um, <laughs> cut the moorings on the boat because they decided they wanted to like sacrifice the boat to their river god <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. by just letting it flow downstream and smash <laughs> and explode. Um, and so he, he takes some liberties with the telling of the story. Like he wants to, because it looks much better on screen, pull an intact boat over the hill. Yeah. 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 Fucking hell. Um, and it is a very, very heavy boat too. Yeah. 320 tons. Yes. And, uh, I think the boat that actually went over the hill was was only about 18 tons. 30 tons rather than 300, yeah. Oh, 30 tons, yeah. The actual boat from the... um, the Yeah. Also, it was done in bits, not... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was... Fucking hell. He initially tries to do it with a bunch of, like, homemade big winch systems and uh, one bulldozer that can barely get any traction in the jungle. Mm, mm. Um... Yeah, and that, there's a there's a really sort of famous speech of Herzog's that tends to be remembered beyond the documentary, which is just him talking about the you know the base orgiastic jungle, mm-hmm. and it's just waxing poetic about how basically just how debilitated they all are by the jungle and how terrible a place it is to be and how. Mm. If if you didn't grow up in a jungle, you you know how some people get really debilitated by being in big cities. Yeah, because they've never been in, in that environment before. And there's there's so much noise, and there's so much pollution, and there's so much things moving around you, and there's everything's loud, and it's just a sensory overload. Yeah, 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 yeah. A jungle is like that, but in a way more insidious way. Um, and this is actually, I think it's funny that because I identified with him a lot in this movie because I have lived in a jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Logan I, came I always from think the... That, um, it, yeah, I'm sure we talked about that a long time ago. The um, We found you easiest, in a jungle at the age of 15, right? Yeah, yeah. You're a feral child. It, the easiest way is just imagine that everything you can hold on to, the ground beneath you, everything is just made up of like bugs and snakes oh like just imagine being surrounded everything you touch to try and right yourself on your feet where your feet are standing everywhere you can lie down just picture it's made out of snakes and And bugs bugs. yeah not not so much that like you know but anytime you lie down you have to like make sure there's nothing below you that's going to crawl on you but also, anytime you stay in one place for too long, you're just... You become you're, absorbed by the jungle. You, yeah, the, yeah. Once you sit in the same place for too long, the jungle like accepts, okay, you're staying there, and bugs get used to you and stuff like that, and they just start crawling all over you. You're never 100% wet, but you're never 100% dry. Yeah. You, you basically have to keep pouring water into your body because it pours out of you just as quickly. <laughs> Um, you, you know, like if you're hot, you go for a swim. Yes, but then those clothes will never be the same again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because water isn't yeah exactly it's yeah you're you're forever eating things that don't taste right and are of questionable freshness because like in a jungle fruit you pick straight off trees and stuff is good but everything else is just perishing in the heat faster than normal yeah 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 it's not designed it's just in the same way you have to put yeah. salt in everything um to the nth degree when you're putting it um in a plane for people to consume at thirty thousand feet in the air yeah um, it's yeah, it's yeah. always hot enough that you've got a bit of a brain fog going yeah yeah which naturally <laughs> if you we've talked about that on previous episodes as well with um that guy who uh what just dropped psychedelics and then wandered through the amazon um, yeah imagine doing like it's, it's it's a harrowing enough experience to do so but why would you ever put yourself through that <laughs> tripping balls yeah um, it's, it's just terrifying yeah um, um there was a sorry i'm just reading about some of the injuries and deaths on the production of this there was one guy who got bitten by a venomous snake and made the decision to cut his own foot off with a chainsaw to prevent the spread of the venom does that work it, yeah, it worked. It said he saved his own life doing so. Oh. Yeah. Um, um, they, he, must have, he must have made that decision almost immediately. He would have had the chainsaw in hand. Maybe. Gotten bit and gone, fuck, and just chopped his leg off. They, um, so they, they had a whole bunch of local tribesmen yeah, yeah. working for them. Um, and the, the tribesmen were too far from their families which is not you know they don't live that way they're they're always within a very short distance of their whole family unit and it was starting to sort of drive them nuts yeah yeah um and to the point where the film unit had to start discussing the risk that was putting on local tribes and their women because yeah. the fear was that the tribesmen that they had uprooted to work on the project were potentially going to capture and rape women from the local tribes. Right, right, right. Which would cause bigger tensions than there already was. Yeah. Um, also, multiple tribal units were trying to, um, because they were being screwed up, screwed over by local, like the true government of the country they were in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the locals were trying to consolidate the tribes into a one unified government that could declare some level of power and therefore try and bargain with the government. Yeah. Um, but they were, you know, they, they had a history of infighting anyway, so they yeah. were infighting as to who got, whose tribe kind of got to be the dominant tribe that actually represented everyone to the government. And different factions were facing off against yeah. each other, and they so he almost, multiple times had to basically run away when yeah, it sounds like the he, tribes were threatening to just war over the top of the film set. Oh, he's yeah, he's introduced a microcosm of just genuine um, colonialism being introduced. You know, uh, yeah, power, money, all of that, um, a, a solidified new government or. or somebody in control of something and yeah what would happen to those slightly unified but not actually unified tribes yeah, yeah, the, what, yeah. everything you were just describing is ah oh, that happened in pretty much every country that the west visited um, yeah across time um, so and the two the main the main actor and his like 
best friend in the film. Mm. So the main actor was, Klaus I can't remember his Kinski? name, but he's a... So Klaus Kinski replaced the original main actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jason Robards originally was meant to be the main actor with Mick Jagger playing his like yes, I read that, yeah. not very bright best friend. Um, but Jason Robards got dysentery, I think. And Mick Jagger had to bail due to the shoot, I think, going beyond where it was supposed to and getting into a scheduling conflict. So his character just got retired entirely. Um, and then, yeah, Fitzcarraldo got replaced with Klaus Kinski, who is a nightmare of a human being, mm, apparently, no, for yeah. anyone you ask. Well, based on his uh, his Wikipedia page, he's not only did most of it, was most of his um, autobiography, could it be challenged from a uh, truthful point of view, um, but he served in, uh, it was conscripted into the... Um, the Luftwaffe during World War II um, and was an elite paratro- paratrooper. He saw no action until the winter of 90, 1944. Um, he was captured by the British on a second day of combat. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but he, um, was, he was a deserter and sentenced to death for being um, you know, going AWOL, but he managed to fucks. just be held as a prisoner of war, blah, blah, blah. Um, he was committed during the 1950s because he was stalking people. Um He's got schizophrenia, psychopathy, uh, antisocial personality disorder. And then in 2013, his daughters have both come out on separate occasions saying that he was sexually abusive towards them. So, Oh, great. Um, yeah, um, and you see, yeah. like, there's a point where they're trying to... Um, the locals are trying to do, like, a ceremony where they, you know, run drinks from the same bowl. Mm-hmm. And they sort of... You know, it's supposed to help everyone become together and enjoy whatever and, you know, basically just ensure that the locals don't try and kill them. Sure. Um, and Klaus is sitting there going, oh, no, fuck, that's disgusting. No, I don't want to drink that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah I'm, pretty, I'm imagining everyone just offset is, like, cringy. Mm. Um also so the scenes that they shot where the boat is like running downstream chaotically before it crashes at the end yeah they just put the crew and actors on board the boat and then let it sort of circle and bounce off rocks down this river yeah people are like every time the boat hits something like they're everyone's falling over including the actors and the cameramen yeah people are smacking things and like bleeding and getting patched up between scenes but that nobody's driving the boat i mean it it does so much bloody damage to the thing that they kind of get like one shot to to get it done yeah right um well okay i'm i'm on marty app right now and i'm i'm going to purchase the uh the book that Werner Herzog wrote his um it's a collection of his um journals from the making of that movie oh nice so I'm gonna read that um conquest of the useless is what it's called because <laughs> <laughs> he declared himself conquistador of the useless yeah um while making the movie apparently so yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that and report back nice uh yeah 
Uh, I gotta get going. Go go yeah, so. go get my day on. But uh, yeah, this has been your wide shot. Um, your watch? Yeah, your wide shot. It's not our wide shot. It belongs to the people. I don't know. Yeah, that, that's, it, this is true. It's, it, it's a show of people. But if we start making money from this, the people don't get a cent. So it's, it's, it's our money. Just buy a t. Yeah, just buy a t-shirt. Thanks. It's a people's show, not the people's profit share. No, of course not. <laughs> it's communism for the people, by the people, but really for us. Um, yeah, this has been my chat. I've been your host, Jesse. He's been your host, Logan. He's been your host, Jesse. I've been your host, Logan. Mm, find us on all of the usuals, the Spotify's, the Stitchers, the iHeartRadio, which I think we're on now. We're on now. Yes, I checked. Um, we're on. Buy a t-shirt, get some swag, that tea public, and uh, yeah. We'll catch you next time. Adios.